0: Mile High Magic is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. The Broncos are at home against the Chargers this Sunday. To get in the door at the lowest possible price in the best seats possible, check out GameTime. And if sports aren't your thing... GameTime is the best way to get tickets for everything, from music to theater. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off.
1: I can tell this organization is committed to winning. The Broncos, they do have incredible fans that love this team i'm glad to be a part of it another takeaway for this denver defense in 58 is right in the middle of all of it wow touchdown denver unbelievable oh my goodness what a play well the calendar may say november but nate make no mistake about it drew December is finally here. Hello, everyone. Welcome into Mile High Magic episode number 27. Alongside my partner Nikki Javala, I am Michael Spencer. Boy, it was an ugly cold day in Buffalo. The Broncos fall to the Bills 20-3 their record on the season, now three and eight. So, Nikki, forget about everything that happened Sunday in Buffalo, because there really isn't much to take away from that game. All the talk is about Drew Locke and whether or not he should be the starter Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers.
0: Drew Locke mania is in full effect. For me, it started around 1 a.m. mountain time when all the other reporters we were traveling with started yelling about Drew Locke and why he (laughs) should play and why they can't understand what is happening. And then they go on the radio and yell even louder about Drew Locke. So, it's Drew Locke time.
1: You have not lived until you're at the Buffalo Airport before 6 a.m. Eastern. And all anybody can talk about is whether or not the Broncos should start Drew Locke.
0: This is one of those times where I start to question my life choices.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so here's the deal, right? Locke is still on IR. The Broncos actually have until next Tuesday – In order to bring him off. So if you're looking at the calendar, that would be Tuesday, December the 3rd before they have to make a decision as to whether or not they're going to bring him off IR. Oh, by the way, they play a game on Sunday, December the 1st against the Los Angeles Chargers, and they have five games remaining in this season. And it certainly seems like the logical thing to do is to bring Drew Locke off of IR and get him five starts to end the season. Am I crazy for thinking that?
0: No. I mean, after what happened in Buffalo, it's over. It's done. Um, It was only a real consideration of leaving Drew Locke on IR if Brandon Allen was, like, playing insanely amazing but he's regressed ever since his big game against Cleveland. He's gotten progressively worse, and you know the game at Buffalo was terrible in like nearly every aspect. I mean, the, the defense they held up okay in the in the red zone, but if it hadn't been for that, it would have been like a three phase disaster. So it, it's time. You just give the kid reps, and you know the the decision now is: Do you bring him up in time for the Chargers game this Sunday at home? divisional opponent or do you bring him up in time for the next road game which is at Houston and which one does he start immediately do you have him as a backup Um, I mean my opinion means less than nothing just put the kid in already like come on like just put him in he's gonna have to play against the Chargers twice a year he's gonna have to play on the road just put him in
1: At this point, there is no logical reason for him not to play. Right. right? I mean, he, he, they can sit there and say, well, he hasn't gotten enough practice time. They can sit there and say, well, he's maybe not mentally ready to play. They can make excuses, but at the end of the day, those are just excuses. There is no logical reason why he should not be the starting quarterback in Sunday's game against the Chargers. It all lays out, right? Like it's a home game, and then you go two games on the road, and then you got two games at home. You could wait for those final two home games, but at that point, what are you doing? Like, yeah. what is what is the point there? What is the benefit? I, I really would like to know. And I don't think the Broncos have an answer for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, we asked Vic today um, if there was any reason for him not playing, if there was a concern for him not playing. And, yeah, all he said was, you know, just that he hasn't had much practice time. Well, go back a couple years ago when Paxton was in this position, right? He hadn't played much. There was still talk about, is he progressing? Is he ever going to get it together? Why is he not getting more playing time? You know, we saw the first couple starts for him. They were not great. They weren't as bad as the one for Brandon Allen this past game. But for the longest time, John always said, the only way you can get better is if you actually go out there and play. Why Why is the message different with Drew? What's different? What are we missing? Are you hiding something with him? Are you protecting him from something? You know, you can say he's he's not ready. He's not ready. Well, you know, no rookie is really ready for this, right? You have to get out there eventually. So what's what's the issue? And that's where we're not getting a clear answer because yeah, now it's time. You're 3 and 8. It's time.
1: The biggest concern to me in terms of him not being ready would be one: he goes in, in there and, and gets hurt, and they feel like they can't protect him behind that offensive line. They're and not, the other, They're never
0: going to be able to protect him behind that offensive line. They, they've sucked for six years. That offensive line. No, Sorry, you're right. Continue. You're right.
1: I mean, going back to going back to Peyton Manning too, right? Yeah. Like, but that is that in the back of their minds of, hey, we don't want to ruin this kid or whatever. But then again, I'm on the train of if if he can't hold up through that, then he's probably not your guy anyway,
0: right? right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if that were a real concern, fix your offensive line. You've had how many chances? I mean, and we'll get into the whole Juwan James situation later, but that, that cannot be the reason you've had a, a not so great offensive line for years now. Um, and that wasn't the reason, I mean, you could argue the offensive line was much worse when Trevor Simeon and Pax and Lynch, were your starting quarterbacks, you know, and rotation of sorts. That wasn't the issue then. I I do believe there's kind of a fear of repeating the same mistake with Paxton, but you know, with with Paxton there was more urgency to get him going. Now it's just a matter of giving the kid reps, you know. And
1: the other the other issue that the Broncos could maybe hang their hat on is if he's not ready from a from a mental standpoint. It, that is a, a bit unfair to the other 10 guys in that huddle, right? Like if they know that he's not ready, if they know that he can't spit the play call out or whatever it may be, then, then you lose those guys as well. But at this point, you have to play him because you have to right. find out plus I, he could come out and set the world on fire
0: absolutely right? like he yeah. could be
1: a great shot in the arm even if just for a game or two for this team um and so that that to me is is reasons why you should and and should not play him and it just it wouldn't make any sense and they are going to there are going to be so many no shows on sunday at mile high if Drew Lock is not the starting quarterback I mean, yeah. it is going to be ugly how many people do not show yeah. up to that game if they do continue to slow play this Drew Locke process. Yeah.
0: And as far as the rest of the team, I mean, this is a group that even the younger guys, they've they've rotated quarterbacks how many times already? I mean, they've had different coaching staffs, different coordinators, different systems. Sadly, this has become the norm in Denver. Um, there's annual change, and that, of course, has affected you know the the long-term... Development of a lot of these players, no doubt. But given the way things have gone the last few games, where it's gotten progressively worse, where this past game was arguably their worst outing of the season, probably you know the last few years, even you know it's do they really want to stick with that either? And this is not a knock against Brandon Allen, really. I mean, it was a collective effort, but it's just not working. So give it a try. And
1: and you're right. It would be a totally different conversation if Brandon Allen had come out and and played really well in Buffalo. Like, honestly, I thought that he was going to. Mm -hmm. But it's clear that the book is kind of out on him. You know he's not going to be your long-term guy anyway. you got to find out if Drew Locke can be that long-term guy. And it's it's probably really tough to look your team in the eye and say, hey, look, I know we had the worst offensive outing in 27 years, but we're going to stick with this guy at quarterback even though we have a rookie who might be able to do something for
0: us. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is, the offensive line is improved but still not great. Every quarterback that has stood up there behind that line, save for maybe Brock Osweiler, I think he left pretty healthy relative. But every other one was physically broken behind that line. And I can understand if that's a fear, but what are you going to do? You you, you signed Juwan James, that didn't work. I mean, the, the line is just not holding up consistently as well as you had hoped, Now maybe down the line it will. But right now it's not. So you're just going to throw Brandon Allen back in there until he's broken completely and you're forced to play Drew Locke? I mean, that's what it's going to come to. I mean, he's already dinged. I mean, Brandon Allen took so many big shots in that game. He was not comfortable. You could see it. The game totally changed after that huge hit from Shaq Lawson. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one more game and it's... He could be done. So, going to have to get a kid in.
1: You get the feeling that both Connor McGovern and Brandon Allen will remember Shaq Lawson's oh, name. Oh, yes. After that, that interac- game in Buffalo. <laughs> that
0: interaction post-game was pretty epic.
1: Go to Twitter if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it is worth uh, the 20 seconds that it takes to look for that. Uh, speaking of Juwan James, Vic Fangio had a really interesting comment today that Juwan James is physically ready, but maybe not mentally ready for his return to the field, and he also said that maybe he wasn't ready when they had him back earlier in the year. After he got hurt in that first game against Oakland, he came back, played a little bit, and then hurt his knee once more. This is... Is it a concern, or... To me, when your coach says he's physically ready but not mentally ready, that's a coach putting the onus on the player to get himself mm-hmm. mentally ready to play football. That to me was almost like Vic Fangio calling out Jawan James and saying he's got to get better. We made him the highest right-paid or the highest paid right tackle in the league and he's not playing.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. It's totally on him and it's you know, I don't I don't want to knock any of these guys because it is a physical game, a very violent game. These injuries are significant and having never dealt with you know almost all of these injuries um you never want to question a guy you know if a guy is just being soft or whatever it's just it's a violent game um but at some point you have to get back out there right and you know if you've dealt with a number of knee injuries like say jake but i would imagine it would kind of play mind games with you as you know, to whether you're unsure if you can trust your knee, if it's you're nervous about it getting injured again because it's it's kind of taken such a toll on your career already. But injuries are going to happen as part of the game. You have to get back out there. And for the coach to say that he's not emotionally or mentally ready is odd. I mean, his emotional health is not in check to play the. I mean, he's the second highest paid right tackle, but he's not emotionally ready i mean that's you you signed him to be ready like you thought he was ready so if he's physically okay at what point does he just have to get back out there i mean does he not want to play that's my concern
1: for a coach to say that especially for this coach to say that that to me was a really really big statement And and was in a way almost a dig at at Juwan James, you know, and I mean, he stopped short of saying, hey, get your ass in gear. But that's basically what he said through the media to Juwan James. That to me was a was a really, really big statement.
0: Well, and you look at they're basically insinuating it's had a ripple effect across the line. Vic is saying he doesn't want to experiment with the other guys because they don't have a right tackle there. So,
1: And the way that conversation actually started was he was asked about, will you make some changes on the offensive line, specifically at left tackle because of of Garrett Bowles getting another holding penalty on Sunday. And that was how it started. So it's not like he was even asked, is Jawan physically cleared? Right. He offered that information up, which I think is even more of a statement.
0: Right. I also think it's odd. Just just put in Jake Rogers and Calvin Anderson. Can we just at least see what they can do for like even a quarter? Even Um, I don't know that I worse right. Yeah, I don't know that I really buy that everything starts with Juwan James and we go from there. I think that's kind of a cop out. But it's a problem. I mean, if, if your highest paid free agent acquisition cannot get on the field, and you're not sure if he wants to be on the field, which is what it seems like. That's certainly what Vic Fangio is insinuating. If he's not emotionally ready, again, not to knock, you know, what he's going through, it's just not good. You know, it's a problem. I mean, especially given the injuries they've had across the board, especially with their other free agent, Bryce Callahan, now with the lack of depth at cornerback. I mean, they have a lot of injuries now. It's that point in the season where it's inevitable, and for him to not get back on the field, man, that doesn't bode well for the future, that's for sure.
1: Well, and the other guy who may not be back on the field, uh, depending upon kind of what happens this week, is, is Vaughn Miller. And uh, Vaughn got some treatment late in the game. Uh, Vic Fangio saying today that he underwent some tests. You reported that it's a, he had an MRI, and you usually don't undergo an MRI unless something is probably a little bit messed up, if not, you know, really messed up. And so... If if you're the Broncos and you're sitting there, okay, you got Von Miller and you have a team option for the next two years. You're out of the playoffs at this point. This knee has been something that has bothered him for quite some time. What's the point in playing 58 anymore?
0: Shut him down. Shut him down. Like He's valuable. I know people think, like, oh, he's lost a step. Well, maybe it's because of the knee. Um, we don't know exactly what it is. We certainly don't know the severity. I was told he's... Day to day, the team is just trying to be extra cautious with this, um, but it has been bothering him. he was on the injury report uh, the week of the Browns game. So what, week nine? Um, it's it's to me, it's a concern. You know, I again, not knowing the extent of the injury, I would expect them to limit his practice reps. I wouldn't be shocked if they shut him down. I, I think honestly, it would be a good thing. Let the guys behind him the. Very few guys who are healthy behind him. Um, get some reps. You got to protect Von Miller. He's still, you know, one of the top players on this team. And if you really have intent on, you know, exercising those that contract option for next year, then you want to protect your investment too. So it does not make. If it's a if it's a real concern, um, I, I don't see why you play him. You know. It, they're three and eight again. Out of this is ridiculous. Three and eight. well, three
1: and eight, and then you're looking at okay, next year you're coming back with Bradley Chubb, who has been out for yeah. the majority of this season, and and Von Miller, your two guys on on either end there. It's in what's be, it is what is in the best interest of the franchise moving forward. Would it be that if there is any problem? with Vaughn, you shut him down and and get him healthy for next year and then he comes into the season 100% and I mean that's that's kind of where we are at this stage because of their record because the playoffs are no longer at all a realistic possibility that why even mess with any of this if if that's the case.
0: Right. And then there's a, I mean the bigger question to me is how are they going to get through the final 5 games? I mean 5 games is Quite a bit of time. This is not like, you know, we're down to the final two games of the season. Let's just get through it and move on. Five games. Um, And I think that's going to be a big challenge for Vic Fangio, his relatively young staff, to kind of hold this all together. I mean, you know, the players have been playing hard so far, not necessarily playing well, but they haven't quit entirely. Will they quit now? I mean, to me, that would be a concern.
1: I don't know that there are enough guys in that locker room who have the ability to quit, right? Like Mm -hmm. there, there are so many guys that are playing for their jobs that they, they can't quit. It's not like they've got a bunch of second year, third year, fourth year guys who know they're going to be back. they got a bunch of guys who don't know if they're going to be back. they got a bunch of guys who might not be in the league next year, you know? I mean mm-hmm. um, and may, may certainly not be with this team. So, to me I don't necessarily I, I don't know that I worry about that because of, of where they are and because of how, how young they are and how inexperienced they are but but you're right if they do that then it gets really really ugly especially with 5 games to go the good news is i didn't i didn't get the sense of that in the locker room yeah uh, sunday after the game and you were there as well i mean Everybody was at least saying the right things, you know? Um, Hey, yeah, we got to execute better. Philip Lindsay saying, hey, I've been through this before, referencing his time at Colorado where they were terrible um, and and were kind of building towards something which they finally accomplished uh, in what would have been his last year there, I believe, in 2016. So they're – Is
0: that like his only winning season? Yeah,
1: somebody brought that up to him after the game.
0: That's sad. right.
1: Like it's depressing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really really rough. Um but it 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 doesn't seem like they are fraying at least not yet. But that's going to be a big big concern over the next 5 games here.
0: The vibe is always different between the offense and defense and this is not at all to insinuate there's tension between either side. I there's not. It's just different. Like the defense seems pretty motivated. Um, a lo- well, a lot of them are on expiring deals, or they have team contract options, so their future is not necessarily guaranteed. We're more of the offensive players, you know. They they're still on their rookie deals, or they're set, but it, you just don't get that same like hunger from the offense as there is from the defense. Which you almost think it would be the other way around because the defense has played, you know, relative, of course, has played better than the offense for quite some time. Um, so if anybody would seem worn out and frustrated you would think it'd be the defense, but it's almost as if you know, the
1: offense knows they have no shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they've accepted their fate. Right. It yeah.
1: Like we are what Which we is are. Sad. Our best scoring opportunity yesterday turned into a turnover. I mean, that's yeah. that's basically kind of how they're feeling like, "Oh, we got to execute better." We don't. We don't have the talent to execute better. Yeah. is kind of the vibe.
0: Which, which is sad because that offense is very young. A lot of them are rookies or second year players, and this is the culture they're kind of not growing up, but like developing in. And it's just, it just doesn't set a good precedent in my mind. Perhaps I'm overthinking it. I mean, these guys are professional athletes, but you know, at some point, the losing does take a toll. Well, yeah. I, mean, I was talking to. T- I was talking to Tim Patrick in the locker room after, and he just, like, you have to almost laugh to stop from crying, and that's kind of like what it was with him. And, I mean, he's just, like, shaking his head, and he's like, he turned to Deshaun Hamilton standing next to him at a locker, and he's he's just like, I'm so sick of losing, bro. And you could see it. I mean, that's the feeling in that locker room. Everybody's so sick of losing.
1: Because it has not just been this year. It has been the past – Three four yeah, years. Past four years, really. Three yeah.
0: years, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, all right, let's get to some over-unders for what has been a uh, kind of a bit downer of a podcast. But, I mean, yeah. you know, it's kind of yeah. what you expect when three and you're eight. covering <laughs> this team. Uh, this is going to be a downer of some over-unders as well. Uh, we were really optimistic coming into this game. Uh, Broncos points. Vegas had it at 16 and a half. They didn't get anywhere near that with just three points. First time they didn't score a touchdown uh, since October of 2017. You and I both took the over on that one, and uh, so we were both wrong in that one. (laughs) Corlin Sutton pass attempts. We had it at a half, a half a pass attempt. We both thought that we would see something special. Uh, Didn't really get the chance to uh, when you're going three and out five consecutive times in the second half. Uh, So both of us were wrong on there. Um, You did pick up the win in the combined Tim Patrick and Noah Fant receptions category. We set that one at seven and a half. Uh, Noah did his part with three and uh Patrick had just one uh rough day for the offense. How many what did they complete? Like eleven passes, I believe was the number? it
0: was ten. Ten. Ten out of twenty-five. Wow, yeah,
1: ten out of twenty-five. Yeah, I twenty seven. I, I tried. I tried, I tried to be glass half sons. full guy there and give him the extra reception. Uh <laughs> what can you do well, Let's be honest, they weren't weren't worthy of it. Uh Broncos takeaways. We set the number at one. We both took over and uh it was a push for both of us and uh total sacks by the Broncos defense we had it at 2 you went under i went over so Nikki, you're uh, smashing it in the over unders category you get the win mm-hmm. today um you get the win with a losing record uh no less. yes
0: so <laughs> the benefits of being a pessimist that tells you
1: basically how the season has gone for the Broncos though and <laughs> um yeah, so here's what we have uh, coming up this week. Since it's Thanksgiving, we're gonna take a uh, Thanksgiving holiday off, but our podcast will not. We will have an all-decade podcast coming up for you uh, later this week. That's gonna drop on Tuesday. Uh, Nikki has a great article to accompany that as well, and uh, then of course uh, we'll get uh, we'll get you set via Twitter and everything else uh, for the Chargers game. But there will not be a, a preview of the Chargers game, which is gonna be gonna be really interesting to see what they do here over the next couple of days whether or not drew Locke is that guy um, and I, I don't I just can't see any reason why he wouldn't be the starting yeah, quarterback for that game
0: yeah yeah I'm just I feel like it's it's time and they know it but in the meantime as you're awaiting our all decade content um, check out some of our other podcasts like uh, to be honest with d'Angelo Williams a former 11 year running back uh, he has a lot of great stuff, and he has obviously an interesting perspective as a former player. His latest episode was involved a lot of the stuff on Colin Kaepernick and kind of the whole ordeal with that workout. Um, he also had one of my favorite podcasts, which was a few weeks ago, I think, but it was on what it's like to play with quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, which I think is fascinating just to hear it from a running back's perspective. So be sure to check out To Be Honest with D'Angelo Williams and – Until then, we'll... Talk to you after the Chargers game.
1: Yeah, make sure you check that out. In the meantime, uh, subscribe to our podcast as well. Give us a rating. Um, and then, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. She is at Nikki Javala. I am at Michael CBS 4 Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Hopefully, the Broncos will give us a reason to uh, be happy entering the month of December, although I uh, don't necessarily
0: have don't hopes your for
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Mile High Magic. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday.